RTHK News. It's one o'clock. I'm Barry O'Rourke. The top stories. President Xi Jinping is to attend celebrations next week to mark the 25th anniversary of the handover and the swearing-in of the next administration. The former Secretary for Financial Services and the Treasury, Frederick Ma, says the SAR could open its international border before opening up with the mainland. And the hospital authority says it could turn individual hospitals into COVID treatment facilities again if the number of cases continues to rise. President Xi Jinping will attend celebrations next week to mark the 25th anniversary of the handover and the swearing-in of the next administration. Mr Xi's attendance was announced by the official Xinhua News Agency, although its report didn't say whether the state leader will actually visit the SAR or will attend events virtually. Chief Executive Carrie Lam and incoming leader John Lee both welcomed the news. Timmy Sung has more. Carrie Lam said in a statement that Xi Jinping's attendance at next week's events shows the central government's support for Hong Kong and the importance it attaches to the city. For his part, John Lee said the state leader's attendance was meaningful as the territory is at a critical juncture in transitioning from what he called chaos to order and towards governance and prosperity. Earlier, Xinhua said Mr. Xi will attend a meeting celebrating the 25th anniversary of Hong Kong's return to the motherland and the inaugural ceremony of the 6th-term government of the Hong Kong SAR. The president last visited Hong Kong back in 2017 for Mrs. Sam's inauguration. His attendance this time around has been in doubt as local COVID-19 infections have been rising and two top officials who will join the next administration have tested positive in recent days. The former Secretary for Financial Services and the Treasury, Frederick Ma, says the SAR could open its international border before opening up with the mainland. Speaking on a radio programme, he said strict quarantine measures have been one of the reasons for the brain drain from the city. He said he understood that there might be political considerations for prioritising opening the mainland border first, but that government could show flexibility on this. Being an international financial centre, I think we need to connect with the rest of the world. And we have closed our border with the rest of the world for over two years now. If we continue this policy for too long, I'm concerned that our position as an IFC may be affected negatively. We have built our international financial center for so long, and I think we need to preserve our position. And opening the border with other countries, other than mainland, is very important. The hospital authority says it may turn individual hospitals into COVID treatment facilities again if the number of cases continues to rise. A top HA official, Lau Ka Hin, told an RTHK programme that if, for example, half of a hospital's admissions were virus-related, it could be re-designated as a COVID facility. However, he stressed this would depend on bed usage at other hospitals. Dr Lau said the number of COVID patients being admitted to hospitals remains stable and that the authority has sufficient beds and manpower to handle the situation. The energy firm CLP says it submitted a preliminary report to the government over the Cable Bridge fire on Tuesday, which led to a widespread blackout in New Territories West. As Priscilla Ung reports, the utility said it hadn't detected any abnormalities before the blaze broke out. 
CLP said the power grid in the Tinshuiwai, Yunlong, and Tunmun areas was operating normally before the fire broke out, and it's still conducting a probe to find out what triggered the blaze. It said it prioritized restoring power to hospitals and railway services after the outage, so that basic and emergency services could be resumed as soon as possible. Power supply was then restored to other users in phases. The blackout on Tuesday and Wednesday morning affected more than 160,000 households, and the government has ordered CLP to submit a full report within two weeks. For now, the firm said it has laid and activated a high-voltage replacement cable to reinforce its power supply capability and enhance the reliability of the power system in the region. It added it's also laying two other cables and aims to complete the works by Tuesday. And now to the weather. It'll be mainly fine and very hot, apart from isolated showers in the afternoon. Light to moderate southerly winds. The outlook mainly fine and very hot, apart from one or two showers in the next couple of days. The current temperature is at 32 degrees Celsius, with the relative humidity at 58 percent. You're listening to RTHK. The time is almost five minutes past one. The U.S. Supreme Court has ended the constitutional right to abortion, leaving the decision to outlaw it or permit it to individual states. The ruling is a major victory for right-wing and religious conservatives who've campaigned against abortion since it was legalized in 1973. The conservative-dominated court ruled by five votes to four that the decision to legalize abortion in the case known as Roe v.ersus Wade was legally wrong. As the U.S. Constitution doesn't specifically mention abortion rights, the BBC's Anthony Zersha said the judgment would have an immediate impact. There are 22 states right now that, because they have abortion bans that were on the books before Roe v. Wade was decided, or they have what's called trigger laws that essentially ban abortion as soon as Roe was reversed, which is what happened today. In those 22 states,、uh, it is going to be very difficult or impossible for women to get abortions. That's millions. Of Americans in places like Texas and Florida and Missouri and Ohio and Oklahoma, in varying levels of restrictions, but in a lot of these places, they are outright bans. Now, conceivably, they could go to other states and obtain abortions, but we are looking at states trying to prevent women from even crossing borders to get abortions. Individual states are now free to outlaw pregnancy terminations, and 13 states where Republicans are in power are moving to do so. Some Democrat-controlled states have said they'll enact laws to ensure abortion access. In Los Angeles, Governor Gavin Newsom signed a bill declaring California a safe haven for women seeking to have an abortion. I want to take this moment and sign legislation to push back against those Republican state legislators and governors that seek. To move forward with civil actions against people that wish to travel to the state of California, seeking their reproductive rights and reproductive freedoms, we will not aid, we will not abet in their efforts to be punitive, to fine and create fear for those that seek that support. The Taliban's health minister has told the BBC that Afghanistan urgently needs international support to deal with the aftermath of a devastating earthquake that's killed more than a thousand people. Those who had barely enough to eat have now lost their homes. The BBC's Yogita Lemaye reports. The Taliban's health minister, Dr. Kalandar Ibad, said tents, food, and medicines were needed immediately. He told the BBC relief supplies had been received from countries including Iran, Pakistan, India, Qatar, and the UAE. He said Europe had promised aid, and he'd seen the U.S. president make a statement of support. But the Taliban was waiting to see how exactly these countries would help. 
The Taliban is not an internationally recognized government and has sanctions against it, which makes it difficult for countries to offer direct financial assistance. The Prime Minister of Bangladesh, Sheikh Hasina, is inaugurating a new four-lane bridge built across the mighty Padma River. The 3.6 billion US dollar bridge is the biggest infrastructure project in the country's history. It will connect the capital Dhaka with nearly 20 southern districts. The BBC's Ambarasan Etarajan has more details. It's a dream come true for many Bangladeshis. The bridge across one of the most important river crossings in the country will transform the lives of more than 30 million people living in the south. Until now, ferries have been carrying people and vehicles. Many are unsafe because they are poorly maintained, while strong currents and gusty winds can also cause accidents. A Chinese company has built this 6.15-kilometer structure, regarded as an engineering marvel. The bridge will boost the country's economy by 1.2 percentage points. Tens of thousands of people in Georgia have staged a rally in the capital, Tbilisi, a day after the European Union deferred a decision on the country's candidacy for membership. Many called for the resignation of the Prime Minister. The BBC's Rehan Dimitri reports. Carrying Georgian and EU flags, thousands of protesters filled Tbilisi's Central Avenue. Many here are disappointed that the European Council fell short of offering Georgia candidate status for EU membership and they hold their government responsible. The organizers said that the main obstacle was the influence of an oligarch, Bidzina Ivanishvili, on politics. The EU says Georgia will get the candidate status if it commits to reforms, including free media and independent judiciary. And now to end the news, the top stories once again. President Xi Jinping is to attend celebrations next week to mark the 25th anniversary of the handover and the swearing-in of the next administration. The former Secretary for Financial Services and the Treasury, Frederick Ma, says the SAR could open its international border before opening up with the mainland. And the hospital authority says it could turn individual hospitals into COVID treatment facilities again if the number of cases continues to rise. And you've been listening to the news on RTHK. Before doing a COVID-19 rapid antigen test, read the user guide carefully and follow each step as instructed. First, prepare a clean surface and wash your hands. For a nasal swab, insert the swab into your nostrils and rub it against the walls of each nostril several times as instructed. Submerge the swab tip fully into the buffer solution and stir. Squeeze droplets of the solution slowly into the well of the test device afterwards. Wait for the time specified in the user guide and read the result. Results taken beyond the time limit will be invalid. When finished, dispose of all parts of the test kit properly. If only the C-line is present, the test result is negative. If both the C-line and the T-line are present, the test result is positive. In which case, you have to take a photo of the result and report it within 24 hours via the declaration system of the Department of Health. Do the test often by yourself. It helps you detect any infection and receive treatment as soon as possible to protect yourself and others around you. Do the test. Protect yourself and others. RTHK Radio 3. For the next two hours, it's all about live performances. And this uh, show was quite challenging to put together. But thanks to my many collaborators, friends, family, we got it put together. There's so many great versions of all these songs and stuff. It was just hard to choose them. But here we go. Kicking it off with the boss. Y amigas, mi fantástico hermano, 
Yeah.